Hey guys, welcome to The Roundtable. This is episode 90. I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life Church, And this is Mike Hill. He is our lead pastor. And sitting in between us is Kelly Bird. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you on, Kelly. So again, before we get started, right, so we always have a question, yeah. right? So the question just to pick your brain. Yes. Right? So one of the questions, so here's one of the questions. If you could go forward in time mm-hmm. or back in time, which one would you choose? I'd go back in time. And where where would you go back to? Rat Pack, for what reason? Vegas, Sammy Davis, Frank Sinatra, <laughs> Dean Martin. Really? Yeah, late uh, night shows. Wow. Suits, hats. Smoke, That's your thing? Smoking inside. <laughs> Well, not quite the twenties. No. no, it was like the it was like the fifties. But yeah, no, I've mm. always been fascinated by. Yeah, I love Frank Sinatra. So, and so that type of music. Oh yeah, yeah. The the crooners. Yeah. Wow. The the late night shows at the Riviera. The whole thing. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so you would be dressed up in a suit, smoking inside. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Skinny black tie. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've always said like I would, you know, like when you watch Yellowstone and those guys that are in their cowboy hats, and uh-huh. sitting in those big chairs, and they have that whiskey. Yeah. Yes. You know, I'm like. I've always wanted to be that guy. Yeah. Like, I always want to be right. that guy. I mean, you still can. No, I, I try it all you the time. Do. So I do, and I pour myself a little bit of whiskey, and I try to drink uh, it, and I'm like... Uh, it doesn't work. Nah, it no. just It's just not cool. This is what yeah. everybody says, though. They're like, you just got to get good stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. And okay. so Adam Shoemaker, the one time, is like, listen, if I get you good whiskey, then you can just sit there without mixing it with something. That's It'll just so be... Sick. Yeah. I don't no. know. I just must not have it, because... No. They just they and no face. No. Yeah, no face. No, no face. I always make a face. I can't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, can't that's what it. I would want to be. Yeah. yeah. So I think I no. I'm saying I'd love to go back in the cowboy time. Yeah. So what? Like, what was that? Like 1800? No, probably not that far. But yeah. like 1850. Anything where ride a horse. Yes, ride yeah. a horse. Right up to a saloon, wrap the yeah, thing around the wood yeah, thing. Walk in there with a the gun in. on your yeah. side, which I guess you can do now. Through the double doors. Yes. Double yeah, doors. constitutional yeah. carry in Indiana now, yep. so it doesn't matter. You don't right. have to even hide it. You can just yep. walk in there. Oh, you guys are great. Yeah, yeah. we put it this two, the best start one on one. To, <laughs> this is the best start to a podcast I've ever been I on. have thought about that. No, just We're great. random. Well, no, because it's very random. So all my boys have concealed carries, you uh-huh. know, and so I said, well, it's constitutional carry. You don't have to conceal it anymore. So I said, Forget trying to fit it inside of my pants and wearing a big shirt. I'm just going to get the one you tie it around <laughs> your leg. There you go. Great big six yeah. shooter on your side and just oh, walk around. Nice. There you go. Yeah, nice. Get a little bottle of whiskey and put it in there too. Good <laughs> no, kind. The whiskey, the good kind. Good kind. No, the whiskey matters. thing is just I think you're cool. Yeah. Right? Like I think you're a tough guy. Like those tough. I want to be yeah. a tough guy, and I just, just practice. Um, You'll get there. No, I have to like put coke in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no straight whiskey. For Maybe me. someday. Yeah. Someday. What about you, Jenny? You've said go, it before, but yeah, I, I would go a decade above you, and I'd do like the 1960s. Okay. I would love to go to Woodstock. Oh wow. There you go. I am like every time I look yes. back on pictures, I just feel like that is so me. Flower so child. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I you would had be a flower child. In my hair. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, want, I already want a mustard couch. <laughs> I know how you feel about mustard. Because mustard goes with the 60s? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, like the why mustard. Why do we have them right now? Well, because green, it's come lime back. Green, yep. Lime green, yeah. mustard, flowers. Orange. Yep, orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Woodstock. Yeah. You, must have Forrest, you must have loved Forrest Gump. You know? I've never seen I, it. <laughs> Is no, that what I you're going to say? No, oh. I just, everybody says, Jenny. Jen- like, <laughs> Their friends, because my brother was eight and a half years older than me. So when I was younger, they were in high school, so they liked to pick on me. So, I mean, I would hear that every single day. So now you're like, I can't watch Forrest Gump. I mean, I do like it. Okay. I've actually been to the place where they shot it. I sat on that little bench that he sat oh, on nice. yeah, where in was Savannah, it? Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Okay. So Kelly, tell us a little bit about you. What What's going on in your life today? What are you loving to do? What are you excited about? What's going on today? So today, um, so I work with CEOs and uh, owners of companies. Uh, CEO and owner will, uh, will bring me in and I kind of do one of two things. Um, well, on one side, a CEO, an owner will bring me in to work with him or her and the four or five or six around him or her. Mm-hmm. Oh, they wow. call it a leadership team or an executive team. And they bring me in to coach, challenge, push, annoy, <laughs> um, yeah. tell them the truth, 
Yeah. And just make sure that I drive growth in companies by making sure the leadership culture at the top of the company mm. is healthy, mm. aligned, functional, yeah. not, not dysfunctional. Right. Um, and they, uh, yeah, they pay me to come in and, and push them hard. Um, I, I, yeah, it's very personal. It's very relational. Um, and I love what I get to do on the other side. I also do, and I didn't plan on this, but it just sort of evolved. Um, I started working with family owned privately held companies. And in those situations, I do a lot of succession work where dad and uncle Jim are on their way out and Timmy and Johnny are on their way up. And how does that work? And how do you transition a company to youngers Hmm. from olders? Oh, wow. And, you know, moms get involved and Mm -hmm. aunts get involved and everybody's got opinions. (laughs) It's kind of the, yeah, kind of feels like ministry. It's it's the one thing I still do that reminds me of my old days. Right. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I think, yeah, I think it says executive coach on LinkedIn, but it does. Okay. Yeah. It does. Well, here would be, this is kind of off the subject, but now I'm just curious. So when you go and work with leadership teams, Mm -hmm. Is there a certain thing that causes more dysfunctionality than others when it comes to a team? There's like, there's there's five. <laughs> so, the, five. so the five dysfunctions are, are five. right. Yes. So the five Pat, dysfunctions Pat of a team. Really? Yeah. Pat so the Patrick Lencioni book. Greatest book. Okay. My gosh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I just tell I've I've told him before, and I say to others, I just. Uh, unapologetically just rip it off. <laughs> I, I always give him credit, but no, it's true. You can walk into, um, you know, I could walk into here, you know, and, and sit with your team. I could walk into you and a relationship that you're in. Mm-hmm. I could walk into a bank downtown Fort Wayne. I could go into a, a real estate mogul's office in Shanghai. Like it just doesn't matter right. wherever you go. And there's, a relationship or a team and, mm-hmm. and it wants to go there, mm-hmm. those five things will tank it. Yeah. What are the five it, things? The, the five, have you read the book? No. Yeah. It's no. the absence of trust. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, important. Yeah. Sort of. Just a little bit. Just a little. And they're all very progressive. So okay. it starts with absence of trust. Yeah. And, and in, and in Pat's material, absence of trust isn't, isn't predictive trust. Predictive trust is I know you, you know me, mm-hmm. we can finish each other's sentences, which yeah. is cool. But that's not what he's talking about. When he says absence of trust and what I bump into with teams mm-hmm. is <clears throat> what he calls transparent trust, which is oh. if on that team you never hear, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Mm. You never hear, Hey, could you do this with me? I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I could use some help. Mm. You never hear, hey, have her do it. Like she's better at this than I am. I'll I'll support her, but yeah, I shouldn't do this. Mm. Like you never hear I'm sorry. You never hear I was wrong. You never hear, hey, I need help. It just it's not there. Right. Wow. No trust at a transparent level, number one dysfunction, which leads to number two. Want me to go through these real quick? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, I'm interested. Yeah. Is this okay? Which yes. it makes sense because Perfect. everything well, would lead off well, of each yeah, other. Well, yeah, think about this. And again, think about a relationship you've been in or think about a team you've been on. But mm-hmm. if but if we don't have that kind of trust, yeah. number two is the fear of conflict. Mm, yes. Why the hell am I <laughs> why the hell am I gonna mix it up with you? Right. In a healthy way. I'm not talking about bad conflict. Uh-huh. I'm talking about good conflict, but nonetheless, conflict. Yeah. Why am I going to do that if I don't trust you mm-hmm. and you don't trust me? Guess what? We won't. So there's this lack of trust, which leads to this fear of conflict. And then number three is a lack of commitment, which sounds kind of, you know, cliche, but it's really not if uh-huh. you think about it. Because commitment is, I'm like, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I'm completely, I'm 110% all in. Sleeves rolled up. Here early, stay late, because I want to do this. Well, I don't want to do it that bad if I don't trust you and we're not going to have an honest relationship. Right. Yeah. Now I'm just, guess what I'm doing? Now I'm just showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opposite of commitment is compliance. Mm-hmm. I'll just do what I'm told. Just do what I'm told. Yeah. Just do the clock. Oh, wait, yeah. yeah, and it's five. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no trust, fear of conflict, lack of commitment, which leads to the fourth one, which Pat says... 
and he's right. And now, again, I used to think he was right. Now I've been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> now I know, I know yeah. he's right. Number four is the greatest dysfunction of all. And you both all understand this. It's the avoidance of accountability. Mm, yeah, that's what you were just talking about at the beginning, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, yeah, and if I, you do it if I don't trust you and we're not going to have an open, hard conversation, so now I'm just going to show up and do, do my job and go home then why would I, why would I want to be held accountable? Why would I hold you accountable? Yeah. If, if we don't have one through three figured out now, there's no accountability. And, and when there's no accountability, oh my goodness. Or you lower accountability to compliance. There you go. Oh. You know, which becomes a problem in a lot of companies yes. because they're just like, people are just punching. So the only accountability is that you just comply. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're setting the bar higher. Right. They say, we're rolling up our sleeves. Yes. We're coming in early. We're st- we're the team. Yes. Like yeah. we and we're going to make commitments yes. and we're going to give timeframes yes. and it's going to get done off the charts. Yes. And if it is done off the charts on time, we're going to say great job. Right. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, we're going to have a conversation. Right. right. I mean, the avoidance of accountability in its fullest, healthiest form is just death yes. to a family, a relationship, yeah. a team. Yeah. Like you have to have accountability. Right. And I think that, that I'm glad you said that because again, what you're saying translates over into the family. What Everything. all of those things, it all translates into any time yes. you're, and you said this, but I just want yep. to remind no. our audience it's anytime you're in relationship with someone. Yeah. Anytime. You know, it's not just an no, executive team. It's not team, just it's a, a corporate family. boardroom in yes. Miami. It's a living room yes. in Huntington. It's just, which is crazy. It, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, and then the fifth one's just the ultimate. It's just bad. The fifth one's just, I would, the way I say it is me. And then a greater than sign, uh-huh. <laughs> me greater than we. Mm. That's what it is. So if you have if you have those four, what you end up with is just a self absorbed, could care less about you, could care less about us. All I care about is me. And you don't, yeah, honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't get that every day. But but when you do get that, when you've actually gotten that dysfunctional, then it's just lights out. It's right. bad. That's wow. A bad so you've never gone into a company and it's been all five. Like I've never gone into a company and there not be any dysfunction. Uh-huh. Never. Always. <laughs> always, always, always. always. Yeah. Wow. Well, because again, if you're trying to do anything, yeah. right. Again, that's go. the point is, is that he's, the reason he's there mm-hmm. is because these companies are trying to be better. Right. I mean, this reason well, that's bring- a good, that's a good point. A lot of guys and gals do what I do uh-huh. and they work with companies that suck mm-hmm. and that's called turnaround work. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty compelling. Yeah. They go in and they work with companies that are just broken uh-huh. and they're awful and they, they come in and help them get oh, better. Okay. I work. Yeah. And it's I good, see. but I work with companies actually that are doing great because mm-hmm. I think you can do what? Right. Get better. Better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You okay. can always get better. Yeah, but even the ones I work with that are doing great, you walk in, you do some assessment work, you do mm-hmm. some time with them, you listen to them, you hang out with them, you go, okay. There's, there's some stuff we got to work on here. So is that what you do? You like sit in meetings and you walk around? Like, how do you judge a company when you go in? Like, what's your sit outlook with, on yeah, it? Yeah, sit with the team. Okay. Observe some meetings. Sit with the team. Have some conversations. I've got questions that I ask. It's what's one like of the questions? Focus groups. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, we should, we I love it. Like, this is the first time. Jenny, this is the first time you've been like, you might as well just take it over. <laughs> you are like super. I'm I in. know. I'm you interested. I'm do, and I do assessment works, you know, um, live, do you know the Enneagram? Yes. yes. <laughs> I do. I love it. Yes, so do, do I. Do you know what's your number? I'm a seven wing eight. I'm a seven. <laughs> I'm just, wing eight as well. Yes. Wow. Here we are having yep, a good time. We are. Yes. <laughs> and she wants to live in a big city. That's a, yes. <laughs> that's a seven. That is a seven. You know, I know. I do, we do assessments. I do focus groups. I talk to the CEO. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of funny. I get them to talk about each other. I get them to say what they don't like. Oh, I wow. get them to point each, you know, faults out. In front of everybody? Sometimes. Oh, how awkward <laughs> would that be? Yes, no. But yeah, you just you just get to know them and then you you watch them do their thing and you you take notes and you yeah, you record stuff and you Do know. you think sometimes when you do like when you're in these meetings that you are the first time that they're ever like having these conversations sometimes. with each other? Uh, sometimes. Like it's like they're learning each yeah. other for the first time. Yeah, there are times. It's shocking to me really still after all these years, um, some of these folks are the brightest, smartest, mm-hmm. like sharpest people. They run these amazing organizations and they're just, 
scared Mm -hmm. when it comes Mm -hmm. to each other and when it comes to the dynamic and when it comes to a hard conversation, when it comes to confrontation, when it comes to accountability, when it comes to saying the truth, um, it's just weird to see people back up. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is just my opinion. Obviously I'm not, don't know anything about that, (laughs) but just in looking at people. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody is at a different level that they can manage by themselves, mm-hmm. right? So you can yes. get your family, your yes. company, your business to something. To that right? point. But for anybody who chooses in their marriage, in their relationship with their children, yes. in their company, in their church, to get past your capacity, this is part of the problem. Pastors, CEOs, fathers, and mothers won't admit we need help, uh-huh. right? And for you to operate outside of your capacity or to unlock unknown capacity, mm-hmm. you have to bring a coach in. Yeah. It's just the way that it works. I mean, yeah. these guys have moved it to a capacity, mm-hmm. right? It's what they and, can get done. And you can call that guy or gal, whatever you want to call him, yeah. coach, yeah. guy, coach. guide, yeah. anything, mentor, consultant, right. whatever. Oh, okay. But you just have to have somebody that speaks into yes. the circumstance you have to have, you have to, yeah. And oftentimes I'll have CEOs say to me, you know, six months, a year down the road, they'll say it just helped to have an outside perspective. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's exactly what it is. Right. But I think what. But you're spot on, Mike. You And then what you said is part of the greatest dysfunction is, is if you are at a place where you yourself are dysfunctional, because yes. mm-hmm. it's not when, when Things that he identifies as teams can be personal stuff, sure. right? Like, and so yeah. when you Absolutely. get to the me above the we yeah. mm-hmm. piece, that's when you're unwilling to bring in other people, yeah. right? When it's, listen, for the betterment of my family, for yeah. the betterment of my church, like, listen, I'm a piece of this, but we need an outside yeah. perspective. We need somebody to, to come in and speak into this yeah. because it's just design. I think that's yeah. the way that it's designed to work. And here's yeah. the thing that's interesting uh, that I've, I learned it. I heard, I heard it. 25 years ago, 20 years ago. Now, all these years later, I see it in the everyday of what I do. And you just touched on it. So along with Pat Lencioni, there's another guy named Jim Collins. Mm -hmm. Jim Collins. um, And I've known these guys through my years of involvement with the Global Leadership Summit, the Mm -hmm. GLS. And Collins did a book 15 years ago called Good to Great. Awesome book. And in Good to Great arguably the most renowned leadership voice of our generation, Jim Collins, had studied with his team of researchers. They studied 200 years of leadership at the deepest, broadest, most significant level anyone had ever studied. They do this study, and he concludes after all of that that there are two qualities in what he calls a level five leader. The greatest, most effective, most transformational kind of leader will be marked by these two things. And it's just interesting because we started talking about the five dysfunctions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you just summarized it. I'm just kind of re-saying what you just said, but you just said that it doesn't work unless if we're going to go to another level, we have to be, and you didn't say the word, but the word is humble. Yeah, for sure. And Colin says... The number one trait, there's two. Number one is humility. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. got to be, in anybody that's going to go here, mm-hmm. there's got to be a sense of you You matter more than yeah. me. Yeah. Like, I'm here to serve you. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. There's got to be, which is so different. Again, we got fed this picture for years and years and years of corporate you know, supremacy, which mm-hmm. was based on greed and mm-hmm. pride mm-hmm. and arrogance. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what what really fuels that is humility. And then the second quality Collins brings out, I love because it's such a um, it's such a, a a weird blend. It's he calls it indomitable will. Yeah. But what it means is tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> what it means is just like get out of my way. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna do this and nothing's going to stop us. Mm-hmm. So there's humility. Yeah. How can I serve you with get, get the hell out of my way? way. Yeah. <laughs> we will not be denied. Mm-hmm. I will not be defeated. I will win. Mm-hmm. And you blend those two. And if you have indomitable will, tenacity mm-hmm. without humility, you're a jerk. You're yeah. a jerk. Yep. If you have humility, but not indomitable will, you're 
you're weak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. pushover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Does that make sense? No, for yeah. sure. But it's the it's the brilliance of what Collins did there. He said, these are the two. You blend these two together, you have a level five leader that's mm-hmm. just off right. the charts. And he talks a lot about that idea yes. of like most people that have the indomitable will are just the set of nuts that are going to be like, you're not stopping me. <laughs> no, nope. yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter it doesn't what matter. you say. Yep. I will I'm not. getting through there. Yes. Usually start prideful. Yep. They usually have it. Yep. But at some point they either got humbled yeah. or chose to be yeah. humble. Mm. And what humbled them was this recognition that this is still good, but you can't do it alone. alone. You just, I mean, Gotta anybody that's done it, like if you've well, went certainly. into it, most people who have started things, most people have tried really hard at some point are those, I got the will. Yeah. You're not, I'm going to push, I'm going to push. Mm-hmm. And something at some point's like, oh no, yeah, I can't, but you I'm still going to keep my will, but now I'm humbled. Yeah. Right. And then you put those two things together and Dynamite. he just, yeah, he talks about how these good companies, because they weren't bad companies. Nope. These were good companies making lots of money yeah. to he might say things with generational companies. Yes. Mm. Great. I mean, they're generational. Like they will be generational changes in the world. Yeah, you know. Because it. they chose to do some of these things. Wow. Yeah. But that's what, again, what we should all be thinking through yes. is the idea of not existence, but generational change. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like right. we have to be able to figure out of how we do things in life that are generational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are some of the qualities that we have those got are, to be able to figure out and qualities. knowing we got to bring people into our lives. If you want generational impact, yes, you're going to have to bring people in. Yep. That's just the way that it's going to mm-hmm. work. Can I ask you one more question? Please do. I'm curious about this. Yeah. So, Company. So one being, so I own some businesses outside of the church yeah. and I have family. Right. Right. And yep. so they're younger. Yes. You know, and <laughs> youngers so, and older. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's cu- I'm game. curious because yeah. again, my kids in a good way mm-hmm. are different than me. Yes. You know, and so the way that I ran and started businesses to the way that they're going to take over and yes. run businesses <laughs> is so much different. Right. And so I'm just curious, like when you see some of these changeovers, what are some of those things that you can identify that, that, because again, not just translating into business, it's leaving legacy, right? Right. So we're trying to pass it on to our children, whether Mm -hmm. it's business or whether it's raising family, but we're trying to pass on something to a younger generation that we can change. Challenges, thoughts, differences in a younger yes. generation. Well, it's interesting that what you just said. I, I could we could go on for another hour, and we could talk about the four or five points of real meaningful transformational succession. Mm. It's mm. a very interesting topic. Mm. One of those points, and something that I have to deal with every time I'm with a family going through this with their business. You just touched on it. I call it coming to terms with the vision Mm. beyond the vision Mm -hmm. because there's a vision today. It's, it's the olders. Yeah. It's a good one. (laughs) I mean, it got us, it got us here. Started. Right. 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 But if we're going to have something transformational and if we're going to have something that's really legacy Mm -hmm. and if the succession thing's going to work, then whoever's next has to not only be given the, the, the freedom to cast a new vision, but the runway to fricking execute it. Yes. Isn't that hard? And, well, to yes. do like the person. <clears throat> so that's it's really hard it? for the olders. Right. Yeah. And it's hard for the youngers. In a healthy situation, you've probably got youngers who have a vision and yet they have a lot of respect for the, yeah. the family member. So they're tentative. And I'm telling them over here on the sideline, you can't be tentative. Mm-hmm. Like if we're going to do this, you got to go. Mm-hmm. And in order for you to go, then I got to tell this guy, hey, chill out, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to empower them. Yep. You have to say their ideas are great. Yep. Even if they're not, we'll, I'll help. We'll work on it. Mm-hmm. We'll tweak and refine. Mm-hmm. But there has to be a significant spirit of go get them. <laughs> I believe in you guys. We'll figure it out. Not stop. That's not going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Let me help you out. Right. Like that's just, yeah, it gets really interesting. And I think when you said the empowerment, so this could go across the board yes. in families and business and everything yes. is, is that 
the idea that our responsibility is to empower. And yes. Part of empowerment is knowing the people and how to empower them. There you which go. Which takes way more time. Makes much, yeah. You know, it's so much easier to say, stop. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't know is, what you're doing. Yeah. Scoot over, I'll do it. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like and, when we were talking out at the table at lunch earlier, when we were talking about parenting. Yeah. You know, you can control them when they're five years old. You know, you you should. Yeah. But when they're 25 years old, right. it doesn't fly. Right. There's got to be empowerment. There has to be coaching. There's got to be a sense of relationship. And it changes. And I think for both of them, this is, well, at least this is our own thing. Like, yes. so our own businesses, we had to learn this is that, so I am a, I started it somebody else running, right? you know, type of a person. So yeah. the idea of starting other businesses, I didn't ever want to finish them anyway. Right. I only started them <laughs> so my kids could right. take them over and run them and they could have, they could have choices. Sure. If they wanted to run businesses, they could run right. business. If not, we'd sell them as investments and pick something else they'd want to do. There you pick go. something else somebody else would want to do. And, but part of the problem with my personality is you have to go back and empower. You can't just leave, you know, and yes. that's been my problem. Like yeah. with my kids, I'm like, well, it's all just go. I got something else to do. Right. I'm starting something else. I'm doing mm -hmm. something Some level else. You have to stay engaged. Yeah. And for and them, empower. it is the willingness to say, dad's not going to always be there. So I got to step up. So yep. it's got to be, I got to say what I need. Mm -hmm. I got to talk through what I need, but it's, it's a long process. It is. And, yeah. and my kids are different. Like, I grew up, everybody worked 80 hours a week. Yeah. Like, that's just the way that it was. My kids are going to work hard and make it work. They're not going to work 80 to 100 hours a week. No. Nope. It's just not, that's not that's who they lot. are. That's I don't, from a younger generation, yeah. I just don't think that's there anymore. Yeah. I think they maybe saw, and, and again, the this, downsides of yeah, that. Yeah, it's a very yeah. short perspective. I only have a little perspective. Yeah. I don't know what it is everywhere else, but yeah. I know for watching people, not even bad. I mean, I feel bad saying you need to leave your family and go work. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I did. Right. You know? I mean, isn't, isn't that what everybody yes. does? Yeah. But yeah, they have a very healthy understanding of the balance of the, yeah. the relational. They're way better at that, yeah. you know, than I was. So empowering them to do the things that they're really good at and going back and, mm. and getting that done. So, sorry, those two things good. were way off the subject. No, <laughs> yeah, Somebody just, needed it. Uh, just curious yes. about that. No, you're good. Yeah. So can you take us back, Kelly? Because you have, I mean, I don't know anything before the you were a pastor at Blackhawk. Like, yeah. Did you grow up around here? Would you, were you grew up in the faith? How much like yeah, influence yeah. did your parents have yeah. on really where you are today? Yeah. And yep. Uh, so yeah, I grew up, did not grow up around here. So grew up a lot of places because my dad was a pastor. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was an only child and we moved around a lot and then ended up, um, as he, as he continued on in his ministry career, we ended up in, in Southern California, Central California Bay Area. Um, really? And, and then, yeah, some really great churches, some really big churches. He was super talented, really gifted. Um, I grew up just hanging out with him, watching him do what he did. Um, never, I don't think I've ever seen anybody uh, own a room like he did. I've never seen anybody communicate like my dad did. Mm. Um, he'd take me to camps with him. I'd sit in the front row in the services, um, just mind-boggling gift, hmm. gift. That's amazing. Gift For a son to feel yeah. that way yeah. with his father. So it was pretty amazing. And then, yeah, and then it all kind of blew up. Okay. Mm. Yeah, he had some real, he had some real challenges. He had some real issues that we didn't know about. And, you know, they came out and it just, yeah, I was a senior and junior in high school. And I had spent my whole life just, you know, really in that, space of idolizing and following and committed to him yeah like small age like my dad mm -hmm. had a faith you know but my faith was really just what I had grown up with yeah and, and I was thankful for it and I was okay with it but yeah he blew up um ended up leaving my mom and me and I just said screw it like I was mad I was mm, confused yeah. I was 17. I had spent my whole life at that point doing everything I was supposed to do, mm -hmm. not doing all the things I wasn't supposed to do. I had towed the line. I had played the part. And I, yeah. And then it was just like one day it was all gone. It's what it felt like. Yeah. So I was just pissed and confused. Mm -hmm. So at about 17 to 21, I was just, yeah, I was off the deep end. 
<laughs> I, was, I get that. I was about as far off the deep end as you could be. Yeah. And it was not good. And uh, everything they told me not to do, I did for about four years. And um, that's the seven in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the seven in me. So, yeah, just, yeah, very long story short. Um, and later, like in seminary, so I'm skipping ahead a bit. But mm-hmm. when I was studying to be a pastor, I learned about this thing called efficacious grace. There's all kinds of God's grace gets kind of there's there's different ways to look at it. There's different ways he expresses his grace to us. One way is called efficacious grace. And efficacious grace is when he is when he sets his hook in you. And he just starts to finally pull, like pull you in, mm. right? And we mm. all tell that story differently. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. But yeah. that's how it works. Like he, he, yeah, he. So seventeen to twenty. Back to my story. At the end of that, like yeah, after a lot of years of just running hard, yeah, he began to pull me back, and it was through some guys, some friends that I trusted, and it was through some experiences that were very genuine and real. And I had, yeah, I had, I had tasted the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. And so now I knew, I knew mm-hmm. it, it wasn't what I'd grown up with. It wasn't yeah. because I was Ed Bird's son. It was just like, now I knew like they were right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is empty. Um, and he starts to pull me in and, and it was pretty cool. And at 20, I came to faith in Christ. I was saying at that time, now, okay, I said to God, okay, I'm in, like I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Hell, if I'm going to be a pastor, though, right. like right. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'll go to Africa. Yeah, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I won't do that. And so, yeah, it was just funny because I think I I got asked to lead a small group of seventh grade boys, mm. and which I thought was safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. start small. I didn't think that was ministry. Yep, right, same. And so, yeah, so I got asked to lead a group of seventh grade small group of seventh grade boys. Sat in this one guy Rodney Anderson's bedroom with bean bags and seven guys. And the guy who hired me said, just tell, tell them Bible stories. <laughs> so I remember, yeah, one night I told them about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, um, and I was mesmerized just by the scriptures. I was mesmerized just telling the story. Mm-hmm. They were mesmerized because somebody was helping make the Bible clear to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're asking questions. I'm diving in, sleeves rolled up, and I'm driving home from that night going, God, that was like, that's what I should do. That's when you knew. I should like Mm. do that. I Mm. should explain the Bible to people and help it be real and come alongside. So anyway, I jumped in. And And so you went to, you were in college at that time? At that point, I was in college. Okay. And um, yeah, and I, I, I finished college and then decided to, yeah. I'd go to seminary and jump into the whole ministry track, and I did it for 27 years. So yeah. when you taught at, or when you preached at Black Hawk, yes. did you do it in a way of teaching them the Bible? Yes. Okay, because a lot of pastors I've seen, you're the first one that I'd ever seen, like, actually dive into Scripture and, yeah. like, make it clear for you. Because right. I've had a lot of pastors just, like— Say it. Yes. Yeah, yeah and then go <laughs> off, and off like, yeah, a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> just go off right. on a tangent. And that's why a lot of people appreciate coming here because oh, that's what you do. That's exactly what and Mike does. And that's important. Yes. I, I I did what Mike does. Okay. I just did my So very- if you go back, Kelly, like, so did you, like, I, this is, because I never went to seminary, so I actually don't even know how yeah. this works. So, yeah. like, do you I, get, I don't remember much. Do you get right, <laughs> do you get a pastor's job right away? Is that how it works? Like, do you get out of seminary mm-hmm. and then you just start being a preacher? Oh, Pretty much. Okay. I mean, again, that's sorry, because I just have never no, done no, it. No, no, that's the know. idea. Okay. It's not like a given. Okay. You know, but it's like med school. Okay. It's like law school. Okay. You know, doctors go to med school. Yeah. Attorneys go to law school. Right. Pastors go to some, not not all. And yeah. I'm not of the opinion that you have to do that. No, I get, I all. get there's benefits I, and I yeah, just, I just had never done yes. it. So I didn't know if like you get to the end mm-hmm. and then you have to like yeah. work through a- But I so can, but I can tell you, I spent- Five years unlearning. Oh wow! Some things, not everything. Yeah, for sure. Some things they taught me there. I w- I would never let go of. Hmm. 
but I spent five years probably unlearning some things that mm-hmm. I learned in seminary that you, when you get out in the practical real world of ministry, mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. yeah, you just got to figure stuff out. Right. It's hard. Right. So yeah. did you start pastoring out in California? Because I'm, I, did. I guess I wasn't even yeah, sure that, that was where you the went first. Yeah, that's where. Yep, it was okay. out in Southern California, and the first ministry job I had was in Southern California. There was a couple of churches out there, um, great experiences, mm-hmm. good learning, and then um, in 1996, I came to Blackhawk because a friend of mine had become the senior pastor at Blackhawk. Oh, really? From California? Oh, wow! Weird deal, but he had yeah he had gotten hired at Blackhawk. Blackhawk to be the senior pastor, like in 91. Wow. And then about five years later, he hired me to come help. So I came in 96 and then he left in 99. Okay. And then they said, Hey, just, why don't you just step in? Mm. So I stepped in in 99 and was there until 2014. Wow. So you moved from Southern California to, to Fort, Fort Wayne, Wayne. Indiana. <laughs> in January. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's no. a real shocker. Yes. Yeah. But Blackhawk has had a huge impact. I mean, in a lot of it's different great ways place. when they're, you know, so great place. Great through place. the ministry, again, back in the great day, yeah. the TV, you know, is the internet today, right? right. So Blackhawk was on TV all the time. So for people who like me. On the Farmer 5? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was on regular TV. So the people that ABC. were like me that never went to church, yeah, you, you watched know, you it? could turn it on and you could see them, yeah. you know, people all the time. Different because it wasn't internet back then. Right, you know, right. Just, pulling up and watching whatever you want, whatever yeah. you want. So That's way cool. different back no, then. No, those were good years. Because wow. I also, it's, I mean, a Christian school. I don't know if it was back then. Started, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was. It was, uh, there's the church, there's the school, and there's the TV ministry, which yeah. gave me a chance to then change the name from Blackhawk Baptist. I always thought that was a little. That's what it was. I it was Black Hawk. I didn't know that either. Yeah, it was Blackhawk Baptist for wow. a lot of years, which is, you know, which is fine, whatever. But we just realized that that name itself was keeping some people out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we changed it to Blackhawk Ministries mm-hmm. because we had the church and the school and the TV thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. So can I, again, I'm going to ask you, so you're going to speak to a specific audience now. Now, yeah, whether yeah. anybody's listening to this that is in this realm. No worries. So here's one of the things that I've witnessed over, whether it's being a part-time youth pastor, whether it's just being in a church, whether it's leading a church. One of the things that happens a lot inside of the church with people who become full-time leaders inside of the church is there tends to be a loss of some of their excitement about Mm -hmm. faith, excitement about the Mm -hmm. journey. They tend just to get in this groove of working Mm -hmm. and they miss it. I think that's, he's meaning to do that. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, I was I like, I've like never seen it change I before. I had either. That's <laughs> I was why like, I are we doing it. something wrong? No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's perfectly oh, I fine. I just thought. I love you should have just like kept going and said you meant to do it. Because that's there what I go. thought. But anyway, cool Kelly, move. I don't know. I, I'm assuming I know exactly because you've mean. been in yes. this for a long time. And so speak to people who um, have been in ministry or are in ministry that, you tend to just lose. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing at Nick, but I'm oh. looking at you. But you know what I mean? Like you lose. There's something when people tend to get into ministry that it you were so excited. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something changes, you know? And yeah. so I don't know if you could speak to the people that maybe are experiencing or they haven't yet. Like, what do you need to look out for? What are it? What is it for people that you can still keep that genuineness. I love Jesus. I want to see people come to know there Jesus That's the, without getting yeah. caught up in. Because I've already said this, and I, I still say it. Like, I hated the church. Yep. One of the reasons I wanted to be a missionary is because I hated the church. Because right. I thought the church turned people into mm-hmm. country club type yeah. cliques where all we did was keep people happy, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, yes. I never want to be a part of that. Yes. And I just know <laughs> yeah. at times people lose let's just love Jesus and let's get other people to love Jesus yeah. and the rest of it will all get figured out. So, yeah. and I don't know if you can address it, not address it, you yeah. know, just. Boy, again, another hour. Yeah, we could, just, <laughs> we could go and go and go on that one. But I would tell you like hands, hands down um, and you said it a couple of times and I don't want to sound too cliche, mm-hmm. but it's just the truth. What happens to those people is they, um, they get consumed with what goes on inside the four mm, walls. Yeah. yeah. Which doesn't suck. Like what goes on inside the four walls is is decent. 
It really is. Yeah. But that's not what this is about. Right. This is supposed to be about out there. Yeah. Right? And and the churches and the church people that stay consumed, and I mean it. Yeah. Consumed. Right. With out there. Mm-hmm. Going out there, mm-hmm. connecting out there, mm-hmm. and Sundays from ten to eleven thirty, it's a great opportunity to you know hopefully connect and gather. I'm all for it. Yeah, but the the DNA of a church and the DNA of its workers, those people you were referring to, yeah, has got to be just full throttle, no holds barred. We exist for those out there. Yeah, and when that happens. What goes on inside even gets better, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the spirit of the place yes. stays fresh. The spirit of the place stays, yeah, hungry, hopeful. Right. Yeah, and it's just, it's weird because it does end up being oftentimes, like you said. Yeah, and I know Rick Warren's old, you know, or yes. his, his stuff is old. But <laughs> yes. I will never forget because I feel like everybody that was in my position read, yeah. you know. Purpose-driven life. Yeah, yes. some of Saddleback stuff. Yes. And, one of the things that was talked about, which was always my greatest fear, was creating a machine that needs greased all of the time. Yes. And all you do is ask the people to keep greasing the mm-hmm. wheel, greasing yep. the wheel, and all they do is grease the wheel, which is awful. Yep. Yep. You know, and you just create this big machine. And in the beginning, we never had to worry about it because there's nothing to do anyway because nobody came. Right. <laughs> you know, so we start the yeah. church, there's nobody here. Yep. Like, and so you're just like, well, ain't much of a machine to grow. Or to, to take care of. But as you grow, that continues to be challenging. And there, Yes, I agree. Yeah. And there are places that have a lot of people. But again, as just as cliche as it sounds, but yeah, I don't care. Like you, you walk into a place with a lot of people. And it's so sad because you just have to ask one question. Mm-hmm. The one question is, when's the last time somebody came to faith around here? Mm-hmm. When's the last time yeah. you or you know, or you or like... When, who are you bringing to faith? Who are you meeting with outside the faith? And, and the answers are just nothing. Yeah. They're just nobody. Right. And, and yeah, we haven't had that. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's, yes, I think to me, yeah. super disheartening. Yeah. Then it just goes downhill. Eventually, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can exist for a while and yep. you can look like you're successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? And I say look because, you know, how everybody decides yeah. whether a church is successful, right. you know, is know. They, they put parameters on it. And I've always said, you know why we need to tell stories? Yeah. Because we need to tell stories of the things that truly are successful. Yes. Right. Change lives, changing go. lives. Mm-hmm. There you go. If you just keep telling those stories over and over Mike, again. you'd love my, you'd love this idea I had recently. I just, I haven't told many people this, but I guess now I'll say it in front of whoever. There you go. <laughs> yes. Unveiling. Yeah. Somebody yes. asked me, somebody asked me, would you ever go back into the ministry? And I said, oh no, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> You're coming back. Yeah, I wouldn't. But then I thought about it. And later I went back to that guy and I said, I'm going to change my answer. Maybe someday I will, but if I do, check this out. It's going to be for profit, mm. not not for profit. Yeah. In other words, I don't need your offerings. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. Because that's the thing about the church that's so weird <laughs> is that I got to have your money. Yeah. I'm just being bright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. I got to have your money. Yeah. And if I've got to have your money, then I got to keep you happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm overstating it. No, I know what To you're make saying. my point. Right. But that's so hard. And, yeah. and, and yeah. And then I, so I want two things. I wanted to be for profit and I want to be able to do what you do. I want to stand in front and say whatever I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I don't, and I don't care. And I don't care what you think. And if you want to leave, you can leave because I don't need your money. Right. right. What I want is I want your commitment. Right. Right. Anyway, I just think it'd be so cool to have a for profit church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. And again, that, that exists not just to make money. I'm not saying for, it's just without that barrier that like we just wipe out that whole thing where we can only function if we have your money. Right. Yeah, because again, I think the thing that, and I don't know, maybe this was the thing that helped because the church couldn't pay me in the beginning anyway. There you go. Like we started it. Right. And I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This this doesn't work. Right. You know, so I went out and started my own businesses. and, And so it was like, not sure if it's good or bad, but at the end of the day, I didn't even think that much about 
whether people were giving or not, right. because I was like, I, yeah. it yeah. didn't even make me any difference because you're not paying me anyway. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and it's just even kind of carried over. That's but, a hybrid of, of my, yeah, my yeah, idea. But, but real truth yes. of being able to say, like, we <clears throat> have to get to the place where for our responsibility is standing up preaching the gospel, which is offensive. Yes. I mean, it just is. Yeah. Whether, whether you want to hear it or yeah. don't want to hear it, yeah. it is offensive. Our job isn't to make it less offensive. Mm -hmm. Our job isn't to make it make you happy. Our job no. is to teach it. And I think what you said earlier, Kelly, is so important is, is that we have got to focus on the spirit mm -hmm. of what's going on. Because when the spirit's there and he's on it, not from an ethereal, weird, yep. but you know what I mean? When the I spirit of God mean. is in a place, yep. things happen yes. that doesn't matter what you do. Right. Like when yes. the spirit's there, he does things that you couldn't do anyway. Doesn't matter how good your performance is, speakers, mm -hmm. sound, Completely teaching, agree. like the spirit changes yep. things. I agree. You know, in a lot, allows us, unlocks maybe. Yep. You well know, said. just like you're unlocking the potential of people. Really well said. You know, at this by a church honoring, yes. you know, and not worrying, I yep. think it unlocks the spirit to do things that yep. only he can do. Yeah. But, but you're probably right that the majority of pastors are having to think through that of, mm -hmm. wow, if they stop giving, yep. this is my only source. Right. Mm -hmm. We no, could have a we could have a problem. Yeah. It's you a know? thing. It yeah. is. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. let, let's keep moving forward. Keep so, going, you, yeah. so you so you pastor at Blackhawk, pastor at Blackhawk, then, then you transition out. Yeah, right? it was interesting. I, I I was in ministry for 27 years, and about halfway through, I realized I was a closet entrepreneur. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. It's a great way to say yeah. it. And I didn't know it, right? Because yeah. I don't even know if anybody was talking about entrepreneurial no. stuff in 1983 when I was 20. Right. When I was 20, if you had a faith, you could talk, and you were a leader. You yeah. should be a pastor. Yeah. So I was fine with it. Yeah. Well, about halfway through, I realized, wow, <clears throat> I am incessantly curious. I want to blow everything up all the time. It's never good enough. That should be better. That should be changed. Mm -hmm. This isn't working. Blow that up. Change this. Like, it was just constant. Yeah. And that doesn't go over so well. In the, <laughs> Probably like, not. Like in the nonprofit ministry world, right. that can be a challenge. So- Anyway, about that same time, I started having CEO friends, just guys and gals I knew who ran companies, some in our church, some out of our church. Mm -hmm. I just knew from other sources of relationship, asked me to come help them, mm -hmm. uh, do, yeah, lead neat. an offsite for their team, come help them with a culture issue. I was a huge leadership fan, yeah. so they knew that. So periodically, I'd have CEOs ask me to come help with this or that. Mm -hmm. And every time I would go do that, I'd come home and I'd be like, that was good. That was so yeah. I feel so, so good. Much fun. Yeah. Compared to I just got yeah. done preaching. I'm like, oh. Uh, <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, it was no big, you know, riding in the sky thing. I just got to, well, I think I was turning 50. I was about to turn 50. It had been 25, 26 years. Yeah. yeah. And I just thought, man, that's a that's a long time. You said it earlier. That's yes, a long time. That yeah. is a long time. And I was really happy. And there, and and I and I was also unhealthy. There were some things that over the years that I knew weren't right. I, I knew there were some things in me that I, I I couldn't sustain continuing to go. And yeah. yeah. So I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna do this. And I jumped in with a a, a great friend who gave me an opportunity to do executive coaching with him at Sweetwater, at Chuck Surak, and then Chuck encouraged me to do it with other CEOs. That's awesome. And I, yeah, just started growing my business slowly but surely over these last 10 years, and now I'm I'm just having the time of my life. Yeah. So if you could give, because we're, we're getting close, because I want to make sure we get your questions in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could give some advice to young leaders— Right. Young because, leaders. Yeah. Just because, yeah. again, I do think that there is a, I think it's a struggle. Like, yeah. I think they don't, like, I think they're inquisitive about leadership, whether mm -hmm. that's leadership of their family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're inquisitive about, but they haven't grown up in the leadership world. Right. Yeah. So they, nobody's introduced them to reading all of the books and, right. you know, all of that. So there's, there's, they're stuck in this, like, I know I'm supposed to be, I know I should do more. Mm -hmm. I know there's a part of this that's inside me. Because I do think for a lot of people, they're just stuck because they don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. And they're not in a business that's encouraging them. Right. You know, they're just going to a job every day. This job isn't encouraging them what to do. If you could give them a couple things like, hey, 
do this, mm-hmm. you know, or try this to help develop them? What would be a couple of the advice or things that you would tell? Why don't you try this or do this? Yeah. You know, there's, yeah, there are some inexpensive leadership courses that you can take mm. that, to be exposed to leadership content. Yes. And, and, and I can, I, I, I shouldn't do it right now, but I mean, I could just rattle off all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's so many things online today okay. that really are healthy and good and thought through leadership development content is out there. Okay. So I encourage young leaders to be insanely curious mm-hmm. and go roll up your sleeves and take a course, take a class, join a cohort, like whatever. But that's like, and that's good. But the other advice I would have for young leaders is, um, and this goes against our grain at times, in our culture, I believe we've taught young people that you have to have the degree, mm. you yeah. have to have, you have to have somehow like finished the course of preparation. Mm-hmm. Like there's this place you get to and then find, and I just tell young leaders like, like go lead something, mm-hmm. like jump in. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be afraid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does it make sense? Yeah, no, perfect. Yeah. And what about- and have somebody you can talk to about it. Yes. Back yeah. to what you were saying. Yeah. But but don't wait. Don't think that somehow you're going to read enough books and take enough courses. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. And with your family, with your church, with your business, like, do it. Like, get yeah. in there and lead yeah. and screw up and make a mess and talk to somebody about it and get better. Yeah. My motivation was always wrong, you know, yeah. but, but it led me to- the right practices. My motivation was to be a millionaire before I was 40. Right. So when I graduated high school and decided, mm-hmm. I didn't even want to go to college. Right. You know, Sherry made me go to college or she wouldn't <laughs> marry me. Yes. I went to college. But when I was done, I'm like, dude, I watched my parents struggle their entire life with yep. money. I'm not. Yep. I want to be a million. So I, yep. it's like, how do you do that? So I'm like, I'm just going to go find the people that are millionaires. There you go. And I'm going to talk to them. Yep. So I set up meetings with these guys. At That's home, great. There and I'm like, go. will you just talk to me? And again, I think they feel sorry for their, those guys. You know, they're not normally going to give somebody <laughs> yeah, like yeah. me that right. the, the time of day. Right. So I think they were like, oh, yeah, I'll give you. And they did. They just started me on that. Like, the one thing that they always said to me. Leaders are readers, yes. and you can translate mm. it into however today. Right, leaders are listeners of books. Leaders are yes. doing right. things to improve themselves. You have to devour content. Yes, mm-hmm. so you that's do. that was their huge. Thing. Like if you want to be here, you got to right. start on a quest. That's the better way to say it: devour content. Yeah. Yes, and then weed out mm-hmm. and make what works. Mm-hmm. For you and the advice that they always gave me is, is continue to seek out other people that have been further down the road. Yes. Like yeah. they said that a thousand times. But the the problem in that was is that as I was starting to devour content, it was hard to find people that had been further down the line mm-hmm. that would come back and talk. Right. So that would be the other thing. So give Huge. advice to leaders, the sages, the guys that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that the young people need. Yes. Yeah. You know, what what that they yeah. need to be thinking about so we can yes. bring this gap together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like six months ago, um, uh, and I've encouraged others to do this for years. And obviously I'm going to do what I encourage others to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, whether it's you or whether it's you, like I just, I'm telling you, wherever you are, like there's a whole bunch of gals and guys behind you yeah. that aren't where you are. Right create a forum whereby you can be with them. And if it takes time and energy, like, so what? Like, do it. Mm-hmm. Make the time. Give the energy. So, yeah, I, like six months ago, I started a, like, up-and-comers, you know, leadership, young executives, young entrepreneurs cohort invited about seven or eight guys and gals from Fort Wayne who aren't, you know, they're, they're getting there. Mm-hmm. They're young. They're figuring stuff out. Yeah. And we meet once a month and I meet with them once a month, one-on-one, and we meet as a group once a month. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just golden, man. Mm-hmm. We just share content and encourage and I coach them and they learn from each other. Mm-hmm. But anybody can do that. Yeah. That's nothing yeah. special. It just yeah. takes time. Now I'm going to throw this out there so you can, yeah. again, this comes from a person who knows nothing. So right. I'm just going to put it out there from the standpoint of watching this happen. Because I do think that there's this idea that, you know, people need to go back and they need to mentor people, which mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. 
but this is just my opinion. So you mm-hmm. tell me where this fits. I do think that there needs to be skin in the game on both sides of it. Yes. So from a sage type guy, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm going to group, if I have some wisdom, yep. and I got to say this right, you need to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> or yes. this is not going to go very far. Right. It just doesn't. Like yeah. this whole idea that we're yeah. just going to hang out yeah. mm-hmm. and these guys are going to show yeah. up and they're going to, no, if they don't yeah. pay for it, yeah. If there's not something, mm-hmm. some skin in the game, yeah. one, this guy, the guy that's doing this just didn't get here because he has all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so for that guy to go back, there does need to be, and again, I'm not saying money's just the incentive, but money is a part of it's it. It's a part right? of it. Yeah. It's a part of it. And it's and a part I, of it. And I charge these seven. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. I think we have got to get them. to the I place. learned early on in my executive coaching, somebody taught me that my only commodity is my time. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Uh, yeah. So if I'm going to, and I don't mind giving that at times, but for the most part, I'm completely with you. Yeah. And I, and I don't no even problem. mean it bad. I no, mean, no, I mean, it's good. I, yeah. yeah. I think it's absolutely young, good. Because this is, I guess, what I wanted to get to. The thing that I, back to the five dysfunctions, right? Yes. So one of the dysfunction is commitment. Right. right? Lack Being, of. Lack of commitment. Okay. And so Right or wrong, your money mm-hmm. shows what you're committed to. Right. And Absolutely. so if you're really excited about this, then I just encourage young guys, get out your wallet. Yeah. You can afford it. If you look at the things that you're spending money on, yeah. pay somebody to help you and it'll be the best money you've ever spent. Yeah. I mean, if you get the right people, mm-hmm. it's true. Get, get in the right place, it'll be the best yeah. money ever spent. Yeah. Because you're going to get stuff that you're just not going to get. You can consume all you want. But again, back to clear back to what we said in the beginning. Without that other person to yeah. help you decipher the road, the journey, yeah. the pitfalls, the things to watch out for, people have done it. I guess there have been self. Yeah. I, I don't even know if that's true. Those are unicorns. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't even know if you could say they're yeah. self-made people because somebody yeah. has always somebody been helped. there to give them a leg up. Yep. Right. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that, yeah, just thoughts. So Jenny, we're at an yes. hour. So questions here at the end. Yes. So these are what I was telling you about how I Googled you and got oh, your yeah, picture. Yeah. But we send out a text. What was the picture like? Um, it was the one off of LinkedIn. Okay. Do you know that stuffy one? Stuffy coat. <laughs> stuffy, no. Stuffy coat and tie. No. Yeah. But yeah, I send out a text each week and yeah. ask our listeners what they want to ask you. Awesome. So I give them a little bit of a bio of you. And yeah. so these are the questions that I have for you Great. from our listeners. And I do not. Okay, this is the wrong person. Also, <laughs> no. In my defense, okay. it is set up no, to the listen. ministry, the meal ministry. So it's very confusing. Jenny, it's just funny because every week we do this. It's the same. You say the same thing. If we would go back, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Adam Shoemaker, he wants to know what is some advice on building relationships and leading high school youth. So there's a, this is a two part question or maybe three, but whatever. Do you have any tricks to help them open up and share in a small group setting? So, um, yeah. So I heard high school ministry Yeah. in there. Yep. Yeah. So he leads a small group of young men. Yeah. Yeah. So So remember when I was talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Mm -hmm. and Daniel chapter, Mm -hmm. whatever that Mm -hmm. is, three, I think, anyway. Contrary to what some think about high school ministry or high school kids, um, I would resist the temptation to always have to make make it exciting. And I would explain to them the Bible yeah. in mm. ways that make sense. And if you're working with kids and you're, you got a clue at all, like you probably can do that. Like you can take the Bible and help it make sense to them as a 15 year old. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing more important than helping them with that and doing that in the context of relationship, not necessarily doing that in the context. It doesn't have to be a big gathering. It doesn't have to be 500 kids. Mm-hmm. Like the best way to make an impact with a, a young person today is the scripture has to be real and it needs somebody to help it, help it be real to his other point in terms of them opening up, that's directly correlated to you, yeah. open, you opening up. Mm. So that's it, good. The, that yeah. There, there, there's a, there's such a, yeah, there's such a, uh, authenticity. Mm-hmm. Trust. Just, just such a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's you. all the five things that yeah. you said. Yeah. Well, I remember well, I, when we first sat down, You, I don't even know if the tape was rolling, uh-huh. but he was introducing you to me, and you mentioned something about recovery. Yeah. Well, I went, as the pastor of Blackhawk, we did this thing called, um, oh, gosh, 
not AA, but Christ- celebrate, celebrate recovery. recovery. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did celebrate recovery, mm-hmm. and I was like, gosh, I should probably go check this out. So I go to celebrate recovery. There's hundreds of people. Yeah. There. It's huge. You'd be surprised. And I walk in and I'm like, immediately I'm on, I mean, almost immediately I'm in tears mm. because I'm listening to them worship and their, and their worship was better, deeper, stronger, more meaningful than anything on Sunday morning yeah. with 2000 people. Mm. And I felt like immediately it was like, because these people are real. Mm. Like they're busted. Like if they're there, Mm. they're not hiding anything. Right. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, So then I start, so then I start like sitting in the back and I'm talking to people and then I'm listening to the message. I'm a pastor of the church. Uh I'm listening to the message and I go, wow, like I'm pretty screwed up. I knew I was, (laughs) (laughs) but I knew I had a thing with, um, I was addicted to people pleasing. Mm. Yeah. There may be a fancy name for that, but I was addicted to people pleasing. Yeah. Mm. I get that. Like it was bad. Hmm. And and I joined Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. And I got in a group and I confessed my like it was so that r- is one I have never heard that before. You haven't? No, oh. I've never heard of no, I've never heard of somebody going for that. Outside, no, I heard of Celebrate Recovery yeah, doing yeah. great right. things, but I've never heard of somebody that was not addicted to pornography, drugs, alcohol, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I was yeah. addicted. I was addicted to making people happy. Yeah. And if you're really addicted to that, guess what you'll no. do? Yeah. You'll lie. Yeah. yeah. You'll, I just think that's cool. Yeah. You'll hide. Yeah. 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 Like you'll do all kinds of bad stuff. Yeah. The willingness to that's just cool to But me. no, I just I just was saying that because this guy who asked the question, the best thing you can do is and you don't have to overdo it, but mm-hmm. you just have to be honest. Yeah. And you just have to just say this is the real deal here. I like you have to, I need this scripture that we're talking about because I like you am broken and in need. Yeah. Mm. And if it's a high school staff person, if it's a senior pastor, if it's somebody who leads social media at a church, like it doesn't matter. Authenticity, real, man, that connects. Yeah. yeah. That's good. No, but what I said was you'd be surprised about how many different types of people and the problems they have at Celebrate Recovery. I would. It, You're yeah. right. I would be it way is, surprised. Right, because you were surprised right there. It's yeah. just like that. It's just, you can be addicted to anything. It's so encouraging. It was, and it's it was super encouraging. The same down pretty, deep. Th- that's what I said. Like I the wonder, motives. I wonder if pretty soon there's going to be Celebrate Recovery for people and their addiction to their phone. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> that is a real thing. <laughs> Because I don't think anybody's going to admit it. That's right. right. I don't think anybody's admitting their yes. phone oh, addiction. I am. I but, wouldn't be. But too I well would assume it. that that is becoming. That would be all of us. Huh? That would be, I think it would be yeah. every single one of us. It would be a lot of people. Yeah. 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 I'm saying from an authenticity standpoint oh, today, somebody saying I am addicted. not addicted to my phone. Yeah. I hate my phone. And if it wasn't for my kids, I would just get rid of it and tell somebody, just tell me when I get into work what I need to do. <laughs> there you go. I hate yeah. a job. Because the availability piece. That is so annoying. Having yeah. to be available yeah. has transformed people's ability to do what is great, not, and yeah. they're always just doing what's good. Yeah. Because they're available too yeah. much. Sorry, that's off the subject. You're good. No, <laughs> no I completely agree. All right. Bree Sullivan says, and it's from her, Thomas Sullivan, the church says a lot of bad words because Mike keeps saying stupid. <laughs> so this is her son. That's this funny. is her son. She says, oh, Bree Sullivan. Oh, you mean stupid's a bad word? Yeah. yeah, this church says a lot of bad words because Mike keeps saying stupid, question mark. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what does that have to do I with the questions? Know. I have no idea, but that's hilarious. No. I should have read that before I just... <laughs> Started talking. Mike just talks like he talks to anybody yes. out here, <laughs> up yeah. there. Yes. It's all the same. Well, I That's think good. Thomas is like six or seven or eight or something. That's okay. Yeah. All right, Doug Bragg. Would you say that humility is the most important trait of a leader? Ooh, why are you not? We've yeah. already, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. Already, That's good. We've already got yeah. that. One. Watch the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Rewind. Yes. Answers yes. Yes. Good. Yep. And yeah. those are our questions. Yeah. I believe. And I'll just say this about Mike saying stupid. I love the fact that. Part of what made Jesus and his public ministry so effective was that he he said things that you weren't supposed to say. Mm, yeah. Mm. He said stuff that was just like mind-boggling in that day. He said things that were offensive and confusing. So anyway, yeah, I just keep well, saying. Well, I think Kelly, like, 
you pit on this earlier and talked about it again. And I think this is for all of us. So if we want to be effective in the world, yep. right? So the idea is, I mean, why even do church if we can't reach people? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, I have no idea why we would spend Wasted all of this time. money yes. to, to do something if we're yes. not being effective. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest gaps for people is this idea of authenticity that church people are real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that has always been a thing to me. Cause I always thought it was weird that that guy looks like that up there and says things. But when I talk to him out here, it's different. They're not even the same person. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. like, the Can't connection have. is hard when you're somebody trying to figure out life yeah. and everybody seems fake, yep. you know? And so I, I would agree that I think we should just be who we are. Yes. Right? Yeah, and agreed. and yep. again, with this knowing, like I'm not, when I say my sin, it's not being proud of it. Mm-hmm. It's saying I'm a sinner. I'm trying to get it figured out. Mm-hmm. I'm on the same journey that you are. I'm not happy about it either. Like, but I'm trying, yes. you know, and we're all trying. Right. And I just think that, if we're going to reach a culture of people who don't know Jesus, we got to start with being humble. We got yeah. to start with being authentic. We got to start with, being hey, real. listen, we all have a role, yeah. you know, and that'll be an important part of it. Yeah. 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 So, Kelly, thank you. Yeah, it's great to be you know, with you guys. so yes. much, you know, for really being nice here and again, you. sharing your wisdom. And like I said, um, being willing, because I think this is the coolest thing. When Don told me about the whole idea of working with the up and comers, I think it's cool to yeah. see people who could spend the majority of their time outside of that. Because yeah, yeah. there's no, for somebody no. who has the talent that you have, they, you, you can spend your time in a lot of other places. Yeah. And so one, being willing to do that. Two, being willing to come to Life Church today, and being it. able mm-hmm. to share your wisdom, Absolutely. being on the round Love table it. with us. So we're just Absolutely. thankful for the yes. ministry that you're doing, yeah. the things that you're doing, and thankful that you'll bring your wisdom here and yeah. give us a chance to Anytime. to learn and, and be a part of that. So, yeah. right, Jenny, do you want to, Send us off. Yep. So the phone number for the texting to get into that is 260-408-8383. And you have to text podcast. That's super important. (laughs) But like I said a little bit earlier, we send out a text each week letting you know who the guest is. And we want you to follow up with questions. That way you can be involved in the show as well. But despite that, you can send in, if you know somebody that wants to be a guest, a comment, question, anything, we just want you to be a part of it. Yeah. And don't forget, again, if you're listening, subscribe. It helps. You yes. know, people go on and subscribe. Yeah. When Jenny puts the clips out, mm-hmm. sharing, again, remember, you know, That's social great. media has given us the opportunity to evangelize in yeah. ways that yeah. we've never been able to evangelize in the past. But the only way you can get it done is share it, mm-hmm. get it out there, give people the opportunity. So make sure you share, comment, like. Um, and again, we'd love to be able to hear from you. And again, we thank you, Kelly, for yeah, being a part of what be we're doing. Yeah. And, thank you. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. Bye.